If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. You're with Bruce Torres and World Stage on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Exposing the tyrannies and exploring our power with deep dives into history, current events, dangerous trends, and the nature of reality. Before I introduce my guest, I want to talk for a minute about something that was published in the middle of 2023, The Great Reset for Dummies at DoorToFreedom.org. The Great Reset for Dummies at DoorToFreedom.org by Tessa Lena, July 27th, 2023. I'm just going to talk about this for a minute. Where do we go from here? Nope. The peasants are getting fat and they are breeding. Oh, no. What is The Great Reset? The Great Reset is a massively funded, desperately ambitious, internationally coordinated project led by some of the biggest multinational corporations and financial uh, players on the planet and carried out by cooperating state bodies and NGOs. Its soul is a combination of early 20th century science fiction, idyllic Soviet posters, the obsessiveness of a deranged accountant with a gambling addiction, and an upgraded digital version of Manifest Destiny. This is a lengthy enough recount, description, documentation of what the Great Reset is for anybody who hasn't read for themselves a well-written, documented account of what that is, because we're hearing it bandied about, not only on the mainstream, but also in alternative media. And it is crucial to get convinced that, yes, indeed, we are living in the middle of a bad James Bond movie, and The Great Reset is the handle for the, the the plot, and our lives do depend on comprehending the threat so that we do robustly pressure our representatives to work for us and the preservation of life and liberty and sanity. With me this hour is Jason Hodge, who hosts the Odd Man Out podcast where he covers, and I love this because it's reflective, it echoes my opening preamble, where Jason Hodge covers hidden history, deep political policy, occult deconstruction, economics, religion, philosophy, and classic conspiracies in order to discern fact from fiction, connect the dots that lead from the past to the present, and equip audiences to continue their education on their own. And he's also a former singer and bassist with a band called We Are the Conspiracy. And he can be followed at Linktree slash underscore the odd man out. Linktree has the dot before the double E, and then it's slash underscore the odd man out. Jason, thank you very much for joining me today. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I've been really looking forward to it. Well, likewise, after studying you and feeling just such a great camaraderie and uh, synchronicity of your interests. And I thought it'd be fun just to get to my first, my first question is what came first, your band, we are, we are the conspiracy or nine 11. What came first? The band. Uh, yeah. It uh, started actually in around 99 and um, you know, 1999 been a while, <laughs> been a while ago. And uh, I, you know, we really, we were very young. We we're just looking for a, a name for a band and we were looking through the Bible because a lot of these heavy metal bands get their names from 
biblical verses. And we weren't exactly heavy metal, but we were definitely on the harder side of rock. And I saw a Bible verse that said, do not call conspiracy all these things that those call conspiracy. Or I'm paraphrasing, but that's pretty close. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, that's it. So that's, well, that's I was where it intrigued. came from. Well, thanks, because do I recall correctly that it was that 9-11 opened the door for your interest in these hidden things behind the scenes, or am I wrong about that? No, you're absolutely correct. I okay. um, really didn't have much of an interest in politics until 9-11, so yeah. All right, so what was your journey from there into publishing or posting the first things? When did you do that, or or was it the podcast? Uh, so from 9-11, describe, t- tell me your you know, a, a summary of, okay, what did that lead to? What were you studying? How long? And then what did you start doing with the things that you were learning? Well, you know, before 9-11, probably six, eight months before that, I'd taken somewhat of an interest in listening to talk radio. You know, just randomly, I listened to uh, Michael Savage. I think he came on late at night. And I thought, I didn't even know the differences between liberal or conservative at the time, but I thought, you know what? I I kind of jive with some of the things this guy's saying about traditionalism and how certain things are under attack, the family and those kinds of things. And, uh, and then eventually I started to listen to Rush. And uh, it's funny because my, my stepdad used to watch the, uh, the Rush Limbaugh television show and I hated it. I couldn't stand him. But uh, long story short, uh, after 9-11, then I got really into politics, trying to understand the whole world and, and how it works and why you, know, you could tell such a big difference between CNN and Fox, you know, and, you know, I had to kind of do a real education for myself to understand all those things. And uh, even as far back as MySpace, I was posting about politics and, <laughs> you know, no one would really respond. I think everyone thought I was crazy. Uh, you know, and then, of course, when Facebook came around, I started posting on there and Twitter as well for whoever would listen and, and re- kind of uh, kind of go on this this search with me or at least have a conversation with me. And then uh, in 2019, after people kept telling me, you need to start a podcast, you like podcasts and you have all these posts and whatnot, just do it. Just give it a try. And so I did. And, uh, you know, I've been doing it ever since. So you started, it sounds, by um, admiring and learning a lot from a a major conservative voice, uh, Rush Limbaugh. And I know from what you've posted, your journey went from conservative to libertarian to now a man without a party. So um, what was was that evolution? What did you see and realize that that made you transcend these, these labels, if not these parties? Well, you know, after a few years, I noticed that a, the, the conservative wing of the government kept dropping the ball. It seemed like every time they would get in charge, every time they would have an opportunity or nearly every time they would fumble it. And I thought, there's what's going on here, you know? And then um, I ran into the book uh, Propaganda by Edward Bernays. And once I read that, it kind of opened up this whole world to me you know i thought oh my gosh you know they they know how to fool us they know exactly and they've known for a very long time and then uh, i ran into uh i think one of the oldest podcasts running as far as i know it's still going it's called no agenda and um 
that those guys wrote down policies and uh, you know they would actually read the documents and explain things and talk about things that were happening behind the headlines and um, that really motivated me and I began to be a reader because before that I'd only read uh, rock and roll magazines and um, biographies so um, yeah I started reading everything I could get my hands on especially uh, especially revisionist history which is one of my favorite topics or uh, what kinds of books rather and uh, that really helped me to start understanding that there's so much more to the world of politics and just everything history news all of that what's the what's your your favorite drum to bang which which story uh do you do you enjoy teaching people the most about folks who believe let's say the mainstream version of it versus what you know and are persuaded about oh that's a great question um you know i don't know if there's any one particular thing um i really do enjoy just the whole you know the whole art if you will of propaganda in in understanding how it works psychological warfare you know nudge theory <laughs> you know they have so many different names for this stuff and in kind of trying to help people to understand that you know you have to read behind the headlines and you kind of have to mm -hmm. take take yourself out of the you know the news cycle every now and then and get a fresh breath of air and think about what you just read and, and think about now is, does this headline is it trying to get me to act in a certain way? You know, they know how I'm going to act ahead of time. Mm. So let me think about this. Because you know, there's also, as, as crazy as it, as it sounds, there's reverse psychology as well that people don't think about. So that's probably my favorite thing is to try to help people understand all of these techniques. Do, do, tell me uh, what that book propaganda by Edward Bernays is and who he was. I want to hear, uh, I want to hear from you. Well, you know, he's known as the father of PR and, uh, he actually worked for the Wilson administration in a department that was formed during or at the start of world war one, because a lot of people may not realize that America was kind of a non-interventionist country up until that point for the most part. And they didn't really want, to get entangled in these foreign uh, in foreign entanglements, you know, quagmires or whatever you want to call it. And that's going back to what the founders warned us about. And so Wilson hired a guy named George Creel to form this department called the Committee on Public Information. And basically it was just a, a department meant to propagandize the American citizens and talk them into our part and our sacrifice in World War I. And so Bernays was a part of that, and I think he also and that, worked and that with was Walt and that was a huge that was a huge effort because, like you said, our tradition and our history was stay stay away from these entanglements because Washington's mm -hmm. word about that on his farewell still had tremendous sway and influence for generations. Now, in eighteen ninety eight, the Spanish American War was this drummed up hysteria with you know, the fa famous yellow journalism. And that was the first real uh, excursion of empire building and conquering foreign lands, although we did do Mexico in the 1840s. But you're right, by the 19-teens, 
the war in Europe and the threat of all that, we were we did stay out of it for three years, but it was because of the Wilson administration and this massive brainwashing, propaganda, and also demonization and extra legal uh, harassments and threats, and I believe incarcerations, the Palmer raids, and the 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 I believe incarcerating, jailing anyone who spoke up or defended Germany or Germans. It was really a really a horrific unprecedented uh, destruction of our rights and our traditions. And Edward Bernays was an intellectual on the team that helped sell the war and the war effort to otherwise very, very resistant Americans. And now you started to say, yeah, then he went on to, to work for Wall Street. Absolutely worked for Wall Street. And uh, I believe he worked for numerous corporations, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think he's credited as the one who um, made it okay, permissible for females to smoke because up until that point, you know, it was seen as unladylike. And um, yeah, he came up with some some kind of idea. It's been a while since I looked into it, but it was You're some sort twin. of- like, Jason, I got a gift for you. Have you heard of a, a book that came out relatively recently? I think just last year called One Idea to Rule Them All. Have you heard of that? I have not. Uh, I'm going to dig it up. And I, I had the author on. I, her name escapes me. It's going to come back to me before the end of the show. And she well documents the whole history of propaganda. And especially this little episode where, yeah, Bernays, uh, working for the uh, a cigarette manufacturer, created this stunt. I think it was the Easter Day Parade where he paid young models, a couple of young women, to light up cigarettes during the the very crowded and well covered by newspapers and maybe radio by then, uh, the Easter Day festivities and parades in Fifth Avenue, and they smoked. And so people either made room for them or reporters with their notebooks came up and talked to them and they said, it's a, it's a strike for liberty. You know, they were called liberty torches and it was to double the sales, double the customers by enrolling women enticing women into showing how you're cool and you're liberated because you smoke. So definitely, absolutely a great example of just PR. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, he, he wrote the book Propaganda in 1928, and I believe if my math is correct, that's 96 years ago. And so they had already, they had figured out exactly how to control us, perfected it through the means of media that they had at the time. And now it's just, unfathomable the opportunities there are for people who want to control us through propaganda with the technology that we have today so i think it's you know it's even more uh, important to teach people this propaganda exists it's not just a word that we throw out it, it, it's bigger than politics itself and so uh yeah it's bernays was so important in a negative way mostly to uh, our freedom because you know whether he meant to be like that or not he probably thought at the time maybe that he was doing good uh, and that these elites were so much more intelligent than the populace that they needed to be controlled that's what it sounds like to me but uh, as we've learned uh, these people with well you know absolute power corrupts absolutely and we're going to talk about all the things that you are exposing on your podcast the odd man out with me is Jason Hodge, and I want to tell everybody 
Why not give TNT Radio a follow? We are on all the major social platforms, including Facebook, X, Instagram, Gab, and Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time. And now here is important information from today's news talk, TNT. TNT's Patrick Henningsen. Hamza Dahoud was the eldest son of the Gaza Bureau for Al Jazeera, while Dahoud, who previously lost other family members in Israeli bombing raid. And we would say that this is probably, in terms of conflicts, uh, this many journalists have been lost, uh, killed, injured in the whole of the Second World War, and that lasted uh, a number of years. And only in the last three months are we scraping 100 on the uh, journalist uh, fatality list, which is coming fast and furious out of Gaza. Patrick Henningsen on today's News Talk TNT. This is generally the view of people, oh, we don't know much about Assange. Well, you should know, because whether you know it or not, he is fighting for you. For your courage and leadership and tenacity in journalism and publishing. Since 2010, Assange has been held in progressively narrower, darker, colder, and crueler spaces. He has been detained since the 7th of December 2010 in one form or another. And we are now here after years of imprisonment. WikiLeaks is a non-state hostile intelligence service. I think the man is a high-tech terrorist. A high-tech terrorist. A traitor, a treasonous. He has to answer for what he has done. Assange faces up to 175 years in prison for publishing classified documents exposing U.S. war crimes. The U.S. government narrative about Julian is a complete fraud. It is a complete fraud from A to Z. Julian took on the most powerful countries in the world, basically all of them. We now have confirmed that there were plans to kidnap Julian here in the center of London, or even assassinate him. No one who instigated that illegal and immoral war has been brought to justice. But the great truth teller sits behind bars. If wars can be started by lies, peace can be started by truth. Julian Assange is a hero. What if everything we thought we knew about somebody was a lie? Would we be willing to go on a new journey of understanding? This is a story of deception, lies, bravery, and a man who risked everything to bring the truth to light. Mr. Assange shows all the symptoms that are typical for a person that has been exposed to psychological torture over a prolonged period of time. He looked at me intensely and said, I hate to say this. He then hesitated, visibly troubled and searching for words. And then he finally said, please, save my life. May future generations have the ability to speak without restraint. May our children and their children know truth and have access to information that leads to justice. Wherever Julian goes, free speech goes with him. If there is a bird that is about to take flight, stretch her wings 
and rule the skies. May it be a pista and no longer a bald eagle. If you think Assad is a traitor, he's a rapist, he's a narcissist, he's a hacker, I don't blame you because you have been deceived. And if you think you've not been deceived, that's normal because otherwise it wouldn't be deception. A hoax about carbon dioxide in the climate has caused a global energy and economic disaster. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. This is World Stage, and with me is Jason Hodge, the host of the Odd Man Out podcast. And you can follow him and find all his links at Linktree slash underscore the Odd Man Out. Jason, we were talking about propaganda so for and tnt is a free speech platform and my show world stage has the mission in my preamble at the top and i wrote a book called god school 9 11 and jfk the lies that are killing us and the truth that sets us free because in 2004 someone said to me Study 9-11, the official story isn't true. And I had never imagined anything like that before. And that blew my mind. And fast forward through 10 years of research before I decided to write a book. And then I wrote the book and it came out in 2021. The last year writing it, I was able to get in a chapter called COVID. So my question to you is, and I, I know the answer, I predict the answer based on what I've studied about you and your podcast what do you say to folks who think that you and I are just uh, conspiracy theory airheads and they believe what they see on the mainstream news? How do you start to talk to them about reality? Well, that's the kind of the million dollar question. You know, how do you kind of get through to people who are, you know, for a lack of a better term, almost brainwashed by mainstream media? Um, you know, it's tough because, you know, they have their minds made up and I think you just kind of, you can wear them down sometimes slowly by just sticking to the facts. And some things are so ridiculous that, you know, it takes someone who's almost brainwashed to even believe them. Uh, you know, I, I've i even, uh, because I never really supported Trump and I, I've really uh, felt the wrath of both sides over the years. And, um, you know, I, I just state the facts and say, this is my reasoning. And a lot of times it'll be something like th these policies or these, you know, these things that this person has done that you admire so much go directly against your principles. And if this person were from the other party, you would be against that. So I just try to use the facts and, and use uh, common sense, which... <laughs> You know, doesn't always work at all. I've I've actually been called a liberal quite a few times just for pointing out certain things that I felt that Trump or someone from his administration or someone on that side of the aisle has done that I felt was liberal. You know, mm. so it's really it's a tough time. It's a very tough time. And you, I believe, said you launched your podcast in twenty nineteen, right? Correct, yes. And you've got how many episodes now? I just completed 168. How often do you do an episode? Uh, it's usually uh, every two every two weeks. So, uh, yeah, and sometimes I'll put something out extra. Right. 
I just started a rumble, so I'm trying to get into video a little bit, but uh, I like the, uh, the audio medium better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but. And uh, what were the first topics that you did shows about, and why did you choose those topics? Well, I think the very first topic was, um, it was kind of about um, the occult and kind of what, and that's a big subject, but uh, how it's kind of seeped into um, mainstream culture and kind of where a lot of these ideas came from, you know, Blavatsky and Crowley and those kinds of people. Um, and then I think um, I went into, I ran into this manual from the CIA in the 80s. It was about psychological guerrilla warfare. And it blew my mind. It's a short book, but it explained in there exactly how they go into other countries and foment unrest. And I think at that time there was, I can't remember which protest it was. It was a big protest going on. And it just, it hit me. Oh my gosh, this is exactly how the intelligence uh, operations go in other countries. And it even said in there, you know, sometimes we have to even create a martyr for the cause. And um, you talked about how to make protest signs and how to rile up crowds and different things like that. And it just blew my mind. So yeah. that was the first couple of episodes. Okay. Well, if you don't mind, I think those are themes that you have followed through uh, time, right? You still address those themes in different episodes? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Okay. So what's your uh, general teaching on, well, what is the occult and how do we see it in American culture? Well, you know, it's it played a big part in our history, in the history of the world, really. Uh, and I've one of the things that I've noticed with a lot of secret societies that I've looked into is that uh, there's a few similar things that they almost all have. And one is their foundation is in Kabbalah and the tree of life. And the other is there are no absolutes. And I think that's an important one because I feel like that has almost become mainstream in America. And uh, people ask me about, well, are secret societies still really important? And I don't think they're as important as they used to be for several reasons, but for one of the main reasons i feel like a lot of the things that they learned in these secret societies have become a part of our culture through uh, movies and music and different things like that so i think that uh in the words what, of alice bailey of go ahead well world, just that, the, yeah well you know that there are no absolutes and that mm -hmm. um you know the even the uh this whole gender confusion can be i think traced right back to the the occult and Kabbalah, and even in the uh, the Zohar, which is the main first book, I think, of the Kabbalah, it talks about how um, Adam was both male and female, you know, and God is both male and female and those kinds of things. So that being the root of all these other secret societies, I think you can directly see how that has almost become mainstream and at least part of our country. Well, you remind me of how often I interpret mainstream culture, corporate culture, as 
trauma-based mind control from the secret societies or from the CIA. Do you make that kind of, uh, do you have that impression or draw that conclusion? Absolutely, because, you know, if you look deeply into Freemasonry, which is kind of the the main secret society that everyone talks about, uh, you know, they talk in there, the higher adepts, they talk about how there's levels between levels and the regular people really don't know what's going on. And um, so they have the ability to pull the wool over people's eyes and they can make them believe certain things mean something they don't, or they can have mm. many meanings. And so I think we see those kinds of things in, in our culture. Did you see in the secret societies, um, what, what, did, what did you see? It's a very leading question, but here it comes anyway. What did you see in the secret societies you've studied, even in the, uh, in the modern times, let's say the last 100 years or 50, 60 years, what, how would you describe their agenda? Is it synonymous with what I see as, you know, the global coup that it's called, this globalization, this this dissolving of the efficiency or the effectiveness or the competence of uh, national governments to the point where we might be being driven to, to an exasperated point of saying, sure, I'll take some global power and, uh, and authority trying to sort out the mess of our, our incompetence. Did I give you a specific enough stuff to grab and respond to there, Jason? Yes, I think so. I, I believe so. And uh, th- there was an aspect of masonry that was very much behind the League of Nations, which I think was, you know, the first big move to create globalism. And uh, they talk about the Brotherhood of Man. And uh, one of the main masons uh, to ever live, Albert Pike, uh, talked about this this battle, this uh he, I believe he even referred to it as uh, revenge. And as far as I could tell, he meant towards those who condemned the Templars. And so there's very much this idea of oneness, which is across the board in New Age belief systems. And in most of the secret societies I've looked into have, have that as well in common. So uh, I think that, um, I don't know if the answer is your question or not. I may have gotten well, mixed it- up there. No, no, you didn't. You didn't get mixed up. Maybe I mixed you up. But I want to talk about oneness and uh, how the secret societies or, let's say, plotters for world control might use it. I, I am persuaded that oneness is a concept that is as natural as nature when one studies what ancient cultures and especially indigenous cultures, nature-based cultures, and down back to the tribal level when we really didn't have developed civilizations and we were very, very much with and on the land with animals and the forces of nature. Jason, I'm persuaded that existence has a magical, mystical, spiritual quality to it, and at the core of it is a oneness that the great mystics, Jesus and lately Gandhi and the poets, the greatest poets of all time are doing their best and Native American uh, traditions and wisdom teachings do their best to say, I am you and you are me, that under us is this one reality. And unfortunately, those who want to take advantage of others take something that's 
good or true or beautiful or compelling, and they pervert it and they manipulate it to their own nefarious ends. So a beautiful concept like the brotherhood of man and the, the family of God gets uh, hijacked and used by the money and corporate powers that want to rule this world like a plantation with the old ancient relationship of masters and slaves, which is the most immature experience of existence, meaning might makes right. You, you know, the, the dumbest kids in, in school in the earliest ages, why does the, why does the bully take the school lunch money from the, the weaker kids? Because he can. Mike, might makes right among animals and in the jungle and among savages. And it's, a, it's an advanced thinking to get to the point of the concept of rights make might. That's where we, be, that's where we are and we do function as humans and adults and can embrace anything beautiful and loving as the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The concept of oneness, I'm on a big soapbox here, Jason. This will wrap <laughs> up eventually. The concept of oneness interprets the golden rule as I do to myself as I do to you because of our essential oneness. And also just the psychological experience of if I hate you, I'm feeling hate. So I basically hate myself. If I'm loving and kind to you, I feel love and kindness. So I only have what I give. And that's the kind of stuff that makes the world go around in a, in a nice way. So back to how secret societies and globalists pervert that. I guess I wanted just to defend the concept of oneness in there. But I, I want to uh, ask you, in the light of all that, to talk about what you see as the plot to take over and rule the world and strip the West, and especially the United States, of, of our legacy of personal rights and freedom and a government that operates by the consent of the governed and represents us for the well-being of, of all. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I say at the end of my show every time, their order is not our order. And I believe their idea, these people who seek power, their idea of oneness is, it's kind of like the meme. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it'll say something like um, globalism or what they say globalism is, and it's people holding hands and then what it really is. And then it's a big boardroom with, you know, the Illuminati types deciding what's going to happen, you know, those kinds of things. And so I think that, um, yeah, these people who seek power will use the idea of oneness and peace and love and harmony to get more control. And unfortunately, I think there's probably people who've had power and and even had good intentions to create this kind of uh, oneness or more togetherness. And once they got the power, I think the power corrupted them. And, um, you know, I don't have all the answers, but I would just say that it's, I, I feel like, uh, Oftentimes, oneness gets bastardized, if I can say that word, and uh, it ends up where you have to give up your individuality as a human to to be a part of it. You know what I mean? And, 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 that's, and that's not, not what, what it's supposed, supposed to be, to be about. about. So I feel like the, the secret societies are very much 
like the, the Freemasons in, in particular, you agree to obey the lodge and the lodge master. And it doesn't really give you any, you know, um, it doesn't say you cannot obey him. It says you agree to obey him, you know, and you swear by those things and make these oaths. And I'm sure that uh, most of the secret societies have oaths. So I think that that kind of, it, that's, it kind of trains people to be, they, they may feel like they know these hidden things, but they only know a certain amount that the higher ups want them to know. And it kind Jason. of makes, yes. And, and it kind of, and it finish your thought. It kind of makes them what? I think it, um, it kind of makes, it, it kind of conditions them to, to be obedient in a way to follow. Uh, well, the, guess, the, then we're going to, we're going to talk about obedience on the other side of this. I am speaking with Jason Hodge, the, uh, host of the Odd Man Out podcast. Here is important information now from today's news talk, TNT. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the end of the week. So how about a little dose of Joe Biden at his best to get you through the weekend? Folks, um, uh, I, uh, if I were smart, I'd say thank you and leave. There's asylum, asylum officers. And over 100 cutting-edge inspection machines to help detect and stop fentanyl coming out of our southwest border. Greedflation, shrinkflation. You see that article about the Snickers bar? Well, it's going to stop. America, we're tired of being played for suckers. We get thousands. Look, we, we, you know, we now have, we used to, before the recession, before the, the pandemic, Beer brewed here. <laughs> it is used to make the brew beer here in this refinery. Oh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lakes. I wonder why it's going Cost 10 bucks to make it. 10 bucks to make it. We'll teach Donald Trump a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the mineral Now, normally, this would be humorous, funny, you know? But this is a man who's president of the United States and looking for four more years on the job. It's frightening. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern time right here on TNT. Food isn't just fuel to live. It's fuel to grow. My family relied on public assistance to help provide meals for us. These meals fueled my involvement in theater and the arts as a child, which fostered my love for acting. The Feeding America network of food banks helps millions of people put food on the table. When people are fed, futures are nourished. Join the movement to end hunger, and together we can open endless possibilities for people to thrive. Visit feedingamerica.org slash act now. You're listening to Bruce DeTorres on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And with me is Jason Hodge, the host of the Odd Man Out podcast. Find all his links at linktree slash underscore the Odd Man Out. Jason, we were talking about secret societies and uh, by implication their, their influence on those who would, who would rule the world. I want to ask um, your thoughts about this. I've been doing marketing for Trine Day books for the last three years. He and Chris Milligan there published my book, and he originally started studying secret societies 50 years ago because his father was former CIA and clued him into how the world really works and set Chris Milligan on this 
on this path. And rather than there being this hardcore group of globalists behind the scenes in secret that are actually in charge of much, what I see is, yes, the the evidence in our culture on award shows and maybe you know big sports uh, halftime shows we're about to see these occult elements these satanic elements these uh, elements that are very consistent with the trauma-based mind control facts and evidence that have come out in the last 40 50 years of exposures of the horrible mind control programs just from the just in the west just here in america and yet Globally, the agenda is to shut down freedoms and surveil and control populations could be the, the, the actions of competing uh, corrupt groups, corrupt politicians and corrupt cabals where it's just about money and resources. It's just about domination and control, and it's not so much because of an occult secret agenda what are your thoughts about that and then i want to ask you what what you have learned and enjoyed doing your podcast since 2019 and what are the what are the topics that uh continue to interest you or that you're about to do some deeper research into what did i did i lose you hopefully not (laughs) uh well no, no, I think I understand. Um, I, I think you're probably right. Uh, you know, I, I kind of vacillate back and forth on whether the elites are occultists or, or you know, they just are money hungry and, and greedy. And, you know, the old uh, Bible verse, uh, the love of money is the root of all evil. I think we forget that. It sounds so simple. And, and, and you know, I think we just forget that. What people will do, even good people uh, to a degree, will do for the love of money. And I think that uh, that's the reason that we do all kinds of stuff overseas. It really rules our foreign policy in many ways. Uh, You know, we've had a hand in overthrowing numerous other countries so we could get, you know, the IMF could, could, (laughs) and the World Bank could basically control the economies and get these countries in debt to them. And we could bring in our large corporations and things like that. So uh, certainly uh, th- that has a lot to do with what's going on. And as far as a lot, all this occult symbolism that we see in pop culture, you know, I, I don't know exactly for sure. I'm not certain on this, but I would say that it's a part of initiation, global initiation. They're bringing these occult ideas and they, some of these, these performances are outright rituals and they've been highly... Uh, researched and they're they're very detailed and so uh, there's a book called externalization of the hierarchy by alice bailey and she was the uh i think she was the founder or co-founder of lucius trust which was originally lucifer publishing and uh, they have a library i believe still in the un and so she was an occult writer and she talked about how they would the whole world would be initiated eventually and so I think what that's was, part what of what's was the going title? on. What was the title of the, her book? It was called The Externalization of the Hierarchy. I think that and, also shows yeah. that there's going to be a hierarchy. <laughs> and the goal is to, yeah, this is very consistent with 
my reading, studying, and other you know authors that that I've interviewed and and you know about um, the brainwashing and just the the uh, transformation. Uh, first step being transhumanism, um, and then the next step being posthumanism. I just discovered an eloquent speaker, a successful businesswoman named Laura Aboli, A-B-O-L-I. And she gave a recent talk, well, it was last year, but I recently said, where she says, listen, this is, it's a very anti-human agenda. I want to talk, if you don't mind, about uh, your podcast more specifically in terms of the typical episode are they teachings that you have prepared do you interview people what's the typical experience like uh you know normally it's just me and i do a lot of reading from books a lot of books are hard to find books or books that just wouldn't be considered mainstream um and uh, you know every now and then i will do an interview with someone usually someone that i know uh, and uh, they have something interesting that I want to hear, you know, uh, but yeah, it's usually just me. And, um, you know, I just, I, I want to educate people. And, and like I said, or I think it said in the preview, I want to mm-hmm. give them enough information that they'll hopefully take it on their own and continue to research for themselves. Because I think that's one of the most important things that we can do because too many people are just listening to a lot of these mainstream uh, pundits and, uh, you know, I just, they're not trustworthy in my estimation. No, not at all. And um, for instance, I uh, listened to a lot of episode 117 from June 29th, 2022 of The Odd Man Out. Those who don't speak of, I don't, didn't capture the whole title, but the first minute was a, was a montage of sound bites that you had put together from the likes of Bush Sr. and Joe Biden and others talking about the New World Order Eisenhower's uh, warning of a scientific elite from his famous farewell speech, mostly famous because of his warning about the military-industrial complex. And then there was about seven minutes of an audio clip of someone who sounded in front of an audience explaining how religious Jews reject Zionism. And I thought that that was so timely. I thought it was interesting that, you know, you had posted it in June of 2022. And um, it's just... It's just so it's just an example of a very, very important facet of reality that the mainstream is just bullying its version. And I'm speaking as an American about the American mainstream. Um, you know, talk to me, you know, what, what, what would you tell me about uh, your hope for the future slash what are the most urgent uh, lies out there that are hurting us that you wish people knew the truth about a couple questions there for you to answer at your will <laughs> yes well um the the uh, episode that you mentioned that's actually a series i think i've done 13 episodes so far it's called those we don't speak of and uh i didn't really know what i was doing when i started that or that it would be a long series but um it is uh basically the history of zionism if you will it gets into the kabbalah mystical Judaism, those kinds of things. And what prompted me to look into all those things was because uh, when my grandmother passed away, I didn't know her very well. And we found out that, you know, she was Jewish. So I wanted to look into my history, my, you know, my family's history, because I've never been close with them or anything like that. And no one had ever mentioned that. So anyway, I think the deeper I've looked into that subject, there is so much information that is just not known 
that I think it's very important, especially when you look at what's going on in Gaza and in the Middle East in the last 30 years or more. Um, and I think that the, there's a lot of misconceptions and a lot of lies. And um, so I think that's one of the main things that people need to look into. Um, there's some great books yeah. out there that yeah. uh, explain some of those things. And so, what yeah, would you I think say that's, that? What, what's the main? What are the major pillars of reality that you've discovered prepping those thirteen episodes that you would, you know, that you can and do like to teach about the reality of the situation over there in Israel, the foundation, the intent of a of a completely exclusively Jewish state, which is the definition of Zionism. What mm -hmm. what does the mainstream preach wrong? Everything. <laughs> well, uh, amen. <laughs> Pass uh, the check. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was so much more to all of it than what we've been led to believe. So many cogs in, in the wheels. Um, it's just amazing. In uh, a lot of uh, a lot of people don't realize how much Judaism has changed, especially since, say, the um, around the eleven hundreds. Uh, when uh, Kabbalah was mainstreamed and really took on a part of the entire culture, which it has today. Uh, that, in you know, you fast forward to the invention of the modern state, uh, there was so much going on behind the scenes uh, in the UK, in Britain, in uh, the United States. Um, the invention of know, the it, modern state of Israel, you mean? Israel, yes, yes. So, you know, you basically just hear that they, you know, this was this great thing that happened and uh, a lot of people say it was the will of God and those kinds of things. But if you actually look into it, you know, the most of the Jews of the world at the time were not even, um, they weren't Zionists and they did not think that they should go back to the, to that land because that was going to be something that happened at the end of days when God made everything right. It was going to be a supernatural event not taken by force, by guns, by governments, and those kinds of things. Right. And the I took some notes from that speaker. I could, didn't catch his identification in the segments that I, that I listened to, but uh, what I took away was explaining how religious Jews reject Zionism. The speaker on this first episode that I listened to, episode 117 of The Odd Man Out, uh, Religious Jews reject the idea of a Jewish state imposing itself with violence on native people in Palestine, like you just said. That Zionism contradicts, this is what he said, everything it means to be a Jew, which means, this fellow said, only one thing, subservience to the Almighty, closeness with God, upholding the covenant made with God on Mount Sinai. Just as God is compassionate, we must be compassionate. And in the books of the prophets, this fellow pointed out, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Isaiah, that to remain in the Holy Land, Jews had to remain on the highest level of holiness, which is, you know, it's really heartwarming and it's really compelling in a very, very human way because I'm sorry, I'm an American, which means I have a huge problem with bullies doing unto others just by force of arms. And... It's, uh, you know, the, the horrible things happening in Gaza right now are a great uh, reason for folks to find the Odd Man Out podcast and other uh, truth hunters, you know, and the fact that, you you know, you continue to do it. Um, what's, wh what's the state of, of the country these days 
in your eyes, Jason? And what uh, are you hoping in the near future to study and report on your podcast, The Odd Man Out? Thank you. Um, you know, it, it, I don't know what's going to happen. I wish, you know, that I had a, a crystal ball, as it were. Um, it's almost hard to imagine the next election, but I said that at the la before the last election. Uh, you know, we really don't even know who uh, is going to run, you know, really at the end of the day. Uh, I, I sense that there's going to be a lot more division and chaos, unfortunately. I wish I could be more uh, upbeat, but uh, it just seems like that's the way they're going. And, and I feel like no matter who ends up being president, that it'll be someone who's going to divide us further if we let them. Because I feel like they, you know, even if you, you know, like Trump, uh, you know, you could say, I think every president is a divider in chief because that's one of the main things that they do. You know, one side will love them and love everything they say, and one side will hate them. And that almost allows for both sides to be controlled when you look at the look at it psychologically. This is so, what I've seen for the last many decades. This year is a little different with uh, Kennedy running and what he represents potentially. What do you make of his candidacy? Well, you know, I I really liked his positions on vaccines, even going back ten, back 10 years ago. I remember having a, con a conversation with a friend about that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I feel like um, he's also shown to be supporting this uh, Zionist state as far as uh, some of his interviews go. And so I think that's really unfortunate because, uh, you mm -hmm. know, we're talking about a lot of people dying and being injured in many displaced and that's going to affect the whole a lot of the world it's completely incongruous with what he seems to be and believe about so much else and i hope against hope that he might one day come out and say i just finished a long deep dive and I can no longer, you know, blanketly support what Israel's doing in Gaza because it just does not fit in with everything else he says about the overreach of the American military, our unbelievably brutal empire abroad, and the horrible uh, way that the government's been captured by corporate and money interests. So, yeah, my enthusiasm for him took a big pause, and I had to reconcile it to, to this conclusion that holding my nose about that issue of him he's by far a huge opportunity jason hodge what are your final thoughts here in our last minute or so about your podcast the odd man out well thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it i plan on continuing this uh, series on zionism and i'm also doing a series on freemasonry and kabbalah and kind of just showing that that is the roots of not only Freemasonry, but most secret societies, as I mentioned earlier. And I, who knows what else will come up in the meantime, but those are my two subjects now. And those are, those are very, very fascinating subjects, especially when one sees how they vary from the mainstream understanding of their facades, you know, Judaism or the state of Israel and, and uh, even, you know, secret society or the Kabbalah, you know, like, well, what is the quote unquote occult? And and um it's endlessly fascinating you know i'm going to stay in touch with you because you're studying things that have been near and dear to my heart for 20 years now jason and uh, i wish you the greatest success uh, 
people can find you at linktree slash underscore the odd man out jason hodge of the odd man out podcast this is today's news talk tnt